This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Christoph Trapp here, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Today, we're live streaming here on all the typical channels, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn. If you're listening on the podcast channels, please connect with me on all those other channels as well so you can hear them. They go out a lot earlier than the published the podcast version goes out. So if you can't wait, have some FOMO, wondering what we're talking about, that's the way to hear it early. Today, it's a Friday, the day we're live streaming this, and I wanna, we want to talk about work-life balance. And who, and who better to bring on the show in a minute here? He's still in our Switcher Studio green room. Ha ha, everybody is at home. Um, but Switcher Studio is how we're um, producing this. Live stream with switcherstudio.com use Trap One. Still love the system. Works great. And I'm I'm purely on my iPad here, guys. Purely on my iPad. Super easy to do. So let's talk about who's coming on the show today with me. Carlos Hidalgo. He published uh, the Un-American Dream. Carlos, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? Nice hat, by the way. Nice hat to you as well. In case you're listening on the on the audio versions, we're both wearing New York Yankees. Hats, not the best season this year, but not the best year for anything, quite frankly. Right. Yeah, exactly. 2020 can end as soon as possible. 2020 can be over, no no doubt. So, uh, Carlos, you wrote Un-American Dream. We do have the link in the show notes on all these different channels. So if you want to click on that and, and uh, get it over on Amazon, please do. Um, and the reason this was interesting to me, Carlos, is it, because it talks about the work-life balance. And as a content creator, it never ends. I mean, I could be right. working 24 hours a day and still don't, uh, still didn't get everything done. So uh, let's fill us in. What prompted the book, and and how? What can we learn from it, and how can we uh, be smarter and not necessarily work harder? Yeah, I mean, the the book really was uh, the genesis of the book was kind of my career and how I proceeded to lead my agency that I was CEO in at the time. And I put my work, my business, my growth of that business ahead of everything else. Um, and, you know, we only have 168 hours in a week. And what happened was I was putting such an inordinate amount of time, either being on site with the business. I was remote as the CEO uh, here in Colorado. My business was in Atlanta. Uh, or I was, when I was home, I was in my home office. And then when I wasn't working, I was thinking about business. And what really took the hit was my relationships, relationships with my wife, primarily. Uh, we just pretty much became roommates, um, and logistics. There was, there was really nothing there left of our relationship. And I eventually just burned out. I burned out, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, relationally, my wife and I separated. So here I was 20 some years into marriage, uh, kids who were questioning, you know, why all of a sudden did I care when my business seemed more important? Um, 
you know, at the doorstep of divorce. And I tried for a long time to try to figure out how I could stay in that world and manage everything else. And I just realized one day that I couldn't do it and I had to make some changes. So I changed, uh, left that agency uh, quite abruptly from most people's perspective. And uh, what really prompted the book was the messages I got when I announced my uh, resignation from that agency. Uh, People that you and I probably both know, uh, people in our space, uh, other business owners saying, I'm in the same boat. I'm miserable. I've lost my passion. I'm never seeing my family. How did you do it? So it kind of gave me some insight that this is not just a me problem. This is a we problem. And then I started to do some research and realized that 70% of Americans say they have no work-life balance, that we have made work, business, career achievement the center of our universe. And when I started to think through how could I tell my story in a meaningful way, the term the American dream um, became pretty prevalent for me, especially as the son of an immigrant. So then when I looked that up, I realized that everything we are doing today to try to achieve, to try to be successful is quite un-American. So that's really the background of the book. And it's interesting because, you know, I used to think work-life balance meant that everything kind of integrates, right? You can leave work, Mm -hmm. you can take your kids somewhere, but then you also work at night. And maybe partially that's true. But, you know, I mean, you you work constantly, nonstop. And it's right. it's very draining. So a couple of things that I've done now is I actually, uh, you know, I don't have my work email on my iPhone, on the one I use for personal things. Right. You know, it's turned off. It's on the computer if I need something. And of course, today is different because we're all stuck at home because of this wonderful <laughs> 2020 and COVID and all this stuff. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm traveling anywhere, you know, currently. Uh, but what other things can people do? How can, uh, you know, how can they have that better work-life balance before uh, before your kids are grown up and you miss their childhood? Yeah, that's a great question, Christoph. And one of the things that I talk about, first of all, I don't really believe in work-life balance because it's so unachievable. Um, I think we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to get to the state of balance. And it's the smallest little thing that pushes off balance again. And I actually talk about that in the book. So what I talk about is work-life boundaries. And uh, I've had some people say, well, it's really just semantics, but I don't believe that it is because boundaries are harder to move and they're more defined. Plus the thing with boundaries that stick, and I've been living this way now for about three years, probably a little bit longer, is you do it in community. So my wife and I have established boundaries on how we want to live, on our work, on our time together. All of our kids are now grown and gone. But when they were home, we had two left at home when we started down this road of the time we want to spend with them. So what is a boundary? Well, you start with saying, what are the things I value? And your list, you'll be surprised when you truly talk about the word value, you'll be surprised at how little um, that list, how small that list is. So for us, it's we value our time together. Uh, We value our our spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical health. Uh, We value our business. So we value our work. That should be included. And then we we value time with our kids and with friends and also our our hobbies. We live in Colorado. We do a lot of outdoor uh, hobbies. So now that we have defined all that, how do we put in time frames or time blocks to protect those? So for instance, my work, I start work every day, most days at about 8 a.m. And then I'm done 
almost every day by 5.30 to 6. That is a boundary. Now, during that workday, I'm not going to catch up with friends. I'm not on my social media playing around. You know, I'm not doing whatever you would do in your personal life. Within that, though, I also have a boundary in my calendar because I value my physical health to do workouts. My wife and I value time together. One of the things I've been known to talk about is every morning, I don't use an alarm clock anymore. I don't even have a clock on my nightstand because I typically wake up between 6.30 and 7. And that first hour of the morning, my wife and I have coffee together. And it's because we value that time together. Now, if I have to take a call, say I'm doing a call with Europe or, or a, a time zone and there's a large group of people, before I commit to that, my wife and I have a discussion. And it's not me getting permission. It's just saying, hey, look, we are going to, I'm going to have to move that boundary for this particular case. Do we have anything? How do you feel about that? It's just working as a team together. So that's why I believe in boundaries instead of balance. We just like kind of breeze over that and go, oh, you know, we don't have time or we're doing something or we're texting. We're on the phones. We're texting everybody and their, and their brother and sister, except we're not talking mm -hmm. to each other. Uh, and, and the boundaries I find interesting as well. And I actually think that that has gotten easier since now. I mean, I've been working at home for a while now, you know, right. and, and not just because of COVID, but COVID has made that even more pronounced because everybody is, seems to be working at home and in mm -hmm. my field, at least. And my office is, you know, I have an office in the basement and I go down there and that's where I'm recording right now. And when right. I'm down there, I'm working. And when you and I are done, I'm done for the day. Right. And they know when I come up, that's I'm done. Right? right. We can now hang out. So I don't know. I think it's almost gotten a little easier for me just because I'm right here. And when you have to go somewhere, you always have the phone nearby. People can email you and people do email you all times of the day, yeah. two in the oh, morning. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, how do you feel about those communications? I ignore them. I'm usually asleep by 2 a.m. Um, but, you know, it's 2 a.m. Holy cow. That's really late. <laughs> well, I think you were saying you get you. People are emailing oh. you emailing you at all times. You know, I don't, um, I, I don't look at my email. I don't respond to business texts mm -hmm. after six o'clock at night, a unless it's a, a hugely something important. But I remember speaking last year at marketing profs mm -hmm. and I asked the question, I said, you know, of course, marketers, we have pressure, we have deadlines. But I said, but how many people have died because you didn't get a campaign out on a Friday afternoon and not a hand went up? Right. Right. And so that's not I'm not saying we shouldn't take our job seriously. We should. We should value our work. Hard work is noble and hard work is valuable. But we actually start working from a deficit pretty quickly if we're going to start putting in 12, 14, 16 hour days. And what I've seen with covid and the research would prove is that we are having a harder time collectively disconnecting from our work because it's all right there. And I also believe that work, they call it workaholism. Ism denotes an addiction. Mm -hmm. I believe that workaholism is an addiction. And I believe one of the reasons it's increased with COVID for many is because it's an escape from reality yeah. where my relationships may not be what I want them to be. Uh, you know, my kids are now home. It's everybody's on top of each other or kind of sequestered. Um, my boss is less understanding or customers are, are no longer allowing COVID as an excuse for lack of quality service. I'm going to dive into my work. Oh, and by the way, we have a pandemic that everybody's worried about and everything else. So I'm just going to dive more into my work. And there was a study that came out in Bloomberg, I think around July, that said on average, 
people are spending two to three hours more per day working. Um, that's a big, big problem. And I believe if we can establish those boundaries and do so in community, like you said, when you go upstairs, you're <clears> done. For me, my trigger each day, I shut up my laptop. I shut off my screen. I literally out, out loud say, I'm done. I oh. grab my water bottle and I head out my office and that's it for the day. And I know I'm done. So mentally, it allows me to disconnect. I think the thing that has helped me too, and I want to get back to that Friday comment in a minute, but um, that my office, I, I like being here. I love my stand-up desk. I even have one of those office treadmills when I have a phone call yeah. where, where I'm not saying much. I, I'm walking on there and there's been meetings, seriously, when I'm not even sure why I'm on them, but I just burn 500 calories because I'm walking, not very fast, but you know, it's right here. So I actually right. like being in my office, but I wouldn't come down here just to hang out, right? I come down here to sure. work. I come down here to do things. So I think that's another thing to consider if you're working at home, find an office. Don't just work on the couch. Don't just work on the kitchen table. Don't just, you know what I mean? Use your, right. uh, use your uh, cabinet in the, in the bedroom as, uh, as a stand-up desk. So the Friday comment, Carlos, unfortunately hit home because I've been there. And I, you know, mm -hmm. people go, we, got, we need this right now. We need this right now. Why do we need this right now? And the only reason we need it right now, in my opinion, is because it's a little bit of a power play, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you to do it. But and, and when I was a newspaper reporter, it made sense. The paper was sure. coming out. Like, it had to be done today, not tomorrow. But if I'm starting a campaign, if I start a crappy campaign on a Friday and I leave for the weekend and you spend 500 bucks or whatever over the weekend because you hustled, you got it done, but it sucks, that doesn't do anybody any good anyway. So why are people continuously pushing these things on unreasonable timelines why what is happening you know i think work just has this this ability to have pr promote what i call the tyranny of the urgent yeah and it's one of the one of the questions i ask my clients all the time is or i tell them there's a difference between do, doing things right and doing things right now mm -hmm. uh, i'd rather do things right so if we have to be delayed two days and i've literally asked this question of my clients who's going to die is anybody's quality of life going to suffer? You know, a couple of years ago, we did a website for a client and it was, no, we've got to get it done by this. And I kept saying, what's the impending event here? Your customer event isn't even until December. <laughs> what is the drive here? What is the issue here? You guys have a global site, multiple languages. Everybody just calm down. And I, I do think it, part of it is, just societal, from a society perspective, mm -hmm. how we have lauded work and title and prestige and size of bank account as our identity and our worth. And I touch on that in the book. There's actually a chapter called Identity, Please. And I talk about how I had put my identity and worthiness into the success or the growth of my company. Well, when you start doing that, your ego, like mine did, gets way out of whack, way out of control. And there's actually research done by Harvard, which I mentioned in the book, mm -hmm. that says it makes us feel like we're the scarce resource. So if I am willing to tell my family, hey, I'm not going to be around for movie night on Friday because dad has to go get this campaign out the door while I'm shafting my family at work, I'm now the scarce resource. Like this could not have possibly been done unless it was me. And I fell into that. I felt like, I had to be in Atlanta because, God forbid, my employees go a week without seeing me. 
And the other thing that drives me crazy when people push things like that and you actually get it done and then they don't review it until Monday morning because right. they they took the weekend off. So, but I want to be very clear because, you know, we do have the content performance culture, which, um, you know, which of course is my book. I don't even have the lower third anymore here, but uh, we'll recreate that. But content performance culture on in Amazon and, mm -hmm. you know, things have to perform, right? At the sure. end of the day, we yeah. do look for performance. So sometimes urgency is important when somebody takes forever and ever to get something done. But of course, the definition of forever and ever is like that's in the eye of the beholder too, right? I mean, how long right. does something take? And I mean, I always found we just did a show on marketing requests. And the first question on the template that I published is, um, when do you need this and why? Like, why yeah. is that the date? Like, what is on that date? And sometimes people just go, it's the top priority in my book, and I don't really care what anybody else has on their plate. Right. You know, there's a great, um, uh, I would encourage everybody to go uh, listen to Malcolm Gladwell's um, mm -hmm. podcast that he talks about the turtles and the, the, the tortoise and the hare. And sometimes we need to be the, the hare. We need to move fast. And I get that. You know, if you have, and believe me, I was... You know, when I ran the agency, we did a lot of work with the marketing automation vendors, especially at the height of all the acquisition. When news comes out that, hey, Oracle just bought Eloqua, you almost want to be that first agency that puts something out to give your take on what this acquisition means. Mm -hmm. um, so I get that. And, and even in my business today, <clears throat> there is there is sometimes there are urgencies. I have clients who call me with their hair on fire and say, we really, really need this. Um, so I'm not, again, I'm not saying that life is always just going to be this long planned out deal. What it's more about as a mindset is this isn't going to be habitual. I'm not going to put my career first. I'm going to find my worth and identity in the fact that I have a spark of the divine. And whether I'm a entry level employee or a CEO, that doesn't change who I am from an identity or a worth perspective. And I think it's more at the heart of that. Because there are still times when I have to move that boundary to take a call. This summer, I did a workshop for a client that was in Australia. Mm -hmm. they, they couldn't do it in my time zone. So I had to work till 8 o'clock at night. But it was a discussion, <clears throat> a moved boundary, and it was temporary for two nights. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to make a habit of working 14 hours a day and put my own personal health, my self-care, my relationships on the back burner. But those are those are exceptions too. And even I was kind of joking, my wife actually that same thing happened to me today. I was talking to a company, and they have offices in London, Australia, and in LA. And then mm -hmm. I'm in the Central Time Zone in the US. So we got whatever that is four time zones. And and I I joked and well I joked and I was a good customer service rep, right? And I said I'm happy to take the crappy time because one of us has to take it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, you know, I'm not going to make it a habit to to take phone calls at 11 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night or something like that. Um, but every once in a while, you certainly have to do it um, because, you know, somebody has to. Um, right. How about uh, personal preference on how to work and when to work? So when you, when you said, um, you know, you wrap it up 530 or six o'clock and I'm like, ooh, that's really kind of late. And I know some people will go, that's not late at all, Christoph. And but right. see, I, what I usually do is, and my schedule is different, right? I got meetings and client meetings and whatnot. But, you know, what I do is really self-directed. Like I got to finish things. I got to get them published. I got to do, you know, respond to clients. 
So usually my wife gets up at five o'clock in the morning, roughly. I get up at maybe 5.30 or 6, maybe 6.30 some days. I just kind of roll out of bed and, and start working, right? Everybody yeah. else is going out the door. And then 3.30 or so, I, I wrap it up. Everybody is home. And um, I guess that's my boundary. Yeah. And I, I, I applaud you for that. I mean, <clears throat> my boundaries, if I was living this 10 years ago, would have been vastly different because all my kids were home. Right now, we're empty right. nesters. So the ability to shift your boundaries and, and apply your boundaries based on how you're living. Um, the one thing is, as I mentioned, I build into my days a workout. So I have a one hour block in my mm -hmm. calendar most days where I'm going to work out because I care about my physical health. So the other mm -hmm. thing I've adapted to your, your question about personal preference is um, we're all wired with all, what are called altradian rhythms. And the science behind that is that we all only have a mental capacity of about 90 to 120 minutes to go full on mm -hmm. deep dive work before <clears throat> our brain starts to work from a deficit. And what we need to do is step away, go get a drink of water, go for a walk, go for a break, leave your devices on your desk, go do something for yep. 15 minutes and let your brain recover from the exhaustion of that 90 to 120 minute sprint. And then you can come back and go for another 90 to 120 minutes. Now I've adopted that over the last two years. And I will tell you actually hardcore work when I build in my hour, when I take my breaks, I take my lunch. I probably really do six hours of like hardcore deep dive work on a day-to-day -day basis, but I get more done with better quality than I ever did when I was working 12, 13, 14 hours. It, it, and, and I can't believe it. I mean, sometimes, you know, somebody was actually claiming on LinkedIn, um, sometimes you just have to buckle down. You have to hustle. You have to work more hours. And I'm like, I don't even get more work done just because I work more hours. I'm just more tired. I mean, I remember one time I was right. actually, I think it was in Denver. Actually, I was at a strategy meeting and the team was still working at nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, why am I even sitting here? I'm like falling asleep. I might as well go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, you're not getting anything out of me. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and the science, I mean, there are studies out there that proves it. And what's interesting is even a productivity study that came out showed, and again, this is when we were in offices. I don't know if it's changed being at home. I would suspect not. The average employee is only productive two hours and 53 minutes on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we're spending all this time working, but we're not accomplishing anything. So I was, why don't we wire to our hard rhythms in our body? I was actually going to say that, Carlos, because I, I mean, I remember when I first started working at home and especially then when everybody moved working at home. I mean, sometimes if I'm working like, let's say, two or three hours, I'm like, this is like everything I used to get done when I'm in, in an office right. because, you know, yeah. like people interrupt you. People walk by. It's like, you know, people do chit chat. Um, so what do you do? Like you just sit there for the other six hours or you go to meetings that are, mm -hmm. you know, meetings that are a big waste of time. So. Um, very, very interesting. Um, what, how can people get started though? I mean, certainly you and I, you know, we're both, uh, um, I actually looked this up. I now use this new thing on LinkedIn. You can tell me if you disagree. Crystal knows this is not sponsored. Yeah. I don't know if you've, have you used that? I've and used it before and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll put it at that. It's interesting and it's pretty accurate from what I've seen. We'll see. So it says, and I'm not on your profile right now, but it, um, 
it says for me initiator i'm a d you know um whatever that is driver or whatever same for you driver quick progress mm -hmm. calm and steady environments you avoid those so um you know we're we're strong personalities and we can we will make statements when we when we think there needs to be a change made but how about the employees that can't do that that can't say hey look we need some boundaries here you know i mean i'm 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 living the uh, un-American dream, I guess. I would like to live the American dream or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. I just put an article uh, out on Medium yesterday about life mm -hmm. design and really what life design is and whether you start with boundaries. It is simply about designing the life that you desire and that it most aligns with your true self mm -hmm. versus reacting. So when I was, you know, ways deep into my agency, I became somebody that was not at all aligned with my true self because I kept chasing things that, and not that money or growth or anything like that are, are not, are, are wrong. It just wasn't right for me because that's not where, what I intrinsically value. I've never put a value on, on size of my bank account. So the thing that I would encourage people to start is get an alignment with yourself and with your closest of loved ones or your spouse, if you have one. And that alignment is simply, what do we want? What is it that we want as a family, as we want as individuals? And don't think about all the reasons why you can't achieve it. Well, I'm stuck in this job. Nobody is stuck in a job. We can go find new jobs. Um, so once you define that alignment, then get into agreement to say, what are we going to agree to to allow us to realize the alignment? What I have found is most people just don't have the staying power. Mm -hmm. It's that instant gratification. Well, I made this decision. It needs to happen. You know, my wife and I literally closed on our house yesterday. Huh. We are we are moving in a week from 3,700 square feet to a RV full time for a year. We didn't wake up three weeks ago and say, hey, let's move into an RV. This is something we've been working on for the last two and a half to three years to get the financial flexibility. But it started with her and I deciding what let's align on what we want. Let's agree to what we're willing to do. Let's put a plan in place that enables that. And then we have to execute. And if you align, agree, plan and execute and the alignment is the first place, just start jotting it down and take your time. Spend spend three months talking about what you want. You don't have to be in a rush. You know, I kind of forgot to mention, I, I want to come back to the RV in a second, but I forgot to mention this. We had Adam Morgan on the show yesterday. Uh, he's a executive creative director with Adobe. And he mm -hmm. talked about how you actually can be creative. And the way you're actually creative is you don't have a meeting where somebody throws uh, snacks on the table and brings uh, toys and uh, sticky notes, and I hate those things anyways because people say, use the sticky note, Christoph, and I say, my handwriting sucks, and then I write something on there, and then they go, we can't read your handwriting, and I'm like, I told you, <laughs> give me a stupid keyboard, you know? So Adam said, Christoph, that's not how you collaborate anyways. The way you collaborate is you figure out what you're trying to uh, collaborate around or you, you need to create some kind of creative mm -hmm. solution, and then you step away and then you yeah. think about it yourself, whether you sleep on it. But what I just thought about is if you said, so if I'm working here, let's say I'm writing a blog post, I'm editing a podcast, something like that, or I'm doing SEO research, I do that for 90 minutes. I mean, I can step away for 15 minutes, hop on my treadmill and yep. think about another problem. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And think about how do I solve this other creative project? Um, and then, but, but in the traditional sense, if people 
let's say somebody were to call me while I'm on my treadmill and they don't know I'm on my treadmill throughout the day. They might go, this guy isn't even working. Right. Yep. So, I mean, it's a dilemma, right, that we're facing. Well, it's a dilemma. Or you just say, you know what, that uh, that person who's making that judgment call doesn't really know, doesn't really have a front row seat. So why am I, ask yourself the question, why am I so worried about that perception that I'm not working? I was, a couple of years ago, I was on a, on a business trip with an individual and 10 o'clock at night, he's just pounding away on his keyboard. And I just finally looked at him, I said, what is so important that at 10 o'clock at night, you have to be on your keyboard? So oh, I got so much work. He's like, you don't have any work to do? And years ago, I would have like opened my laptop and started to work. And I said, yeah, I have work to do. I'm just deciding not to do it right now because it's 10 o'clock at night. Right. I'm going to bed. So, yeah, I'm going to bed. You know, whatever, whatever. I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to do something. So again, you know, we, we are not these machines. And even machines need downtime for maintenance. Yep. And I would say my best thoughts when I'm really stuck on a problem, the best thing I can do is go for a run. And it, it just being there, because I, especially when I run outside, I don't run with music. I like to be alone with my thoughts. And there are some times where I'll be like running and then I'm like, oh, I wish I had a pad of paper to, to write that down. But the clarity that comes with just stepping away and going to do something else and taking care of myself physically and, and, and clearing my head mentally the, the clarity that that brings is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, the other thing, though, is, too, uh, I mean, even though, I mean, I agree with that, uh, but there is some value in setting goals within the boundaries, right? I mean, when I talked to Seth Godin, his oh, yeah. next book is coming out November 3rd, and Seth says, I publish a blog post every day, and you know what, Christoph? It, tomorrow's blog post might not be the best one, but it's publishing because tomorrow is another day, and I publish every day. So there is... There, there's something good to be said, but I think the takeaway, Carlos, from what I'm hearing you say here is you can do that, but put it within the boundaries. That doesn't mean just because somebody decided that you had to have eight meetings today in an eight-hour workday that you have to spend four hours at night to do the work that you you know should have done during the day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I had a, When I worked for BMC Software, I was doing a, a tremendous amount of travel mm -hmm. uh, back and forth internationally, and I remember requesting... Um, and this will date me a little bit. And some of your listeners may say, what is that? But I yeah. put in a request for a BlackBerry. And I remember my boss called me and said, hey, Blackberries right now are for only VPs and above. I said, hey, that's fine. I said, I was just trying to make sure that I was able to keep up with things. I said, because you well know when I go to Europe, I'm in meetings all day long. And then typically the team goes to dinner, which means I'm back in my hotel at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm trying to catch up on the day before. I said, the BlackBerry allows me to do it on the fly. I said, if you're not going to approve this, you need to know that every Monday that I'm back in the office from an international trip, I'm going to be putting out my out of office. I will not take any meetings, calls, any requests for anything. I said, because I will simply be weeding through all of the email and the projects that came in the week before. As long as you're okay with that, I'll be okay with not traveling with a BlackBerry. And his, he kind of laughed and he said, send in the request, I'll approve it. So I think in most cases, first of all, if your boss is completely unreasonable, mm -hmm. find a new job and call me and I will walk you through that. I will make that offer to your audience. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I will gladly walk you through finding a job that aligns to your best self and is best for you and your family. And it's not going to start with the size of a paycheck. But most bosses are also reasonable. Well, you can say, look, I need the time to... Uh, for to apply self-care and not mm -hmm. be always thinking about work. 
I, I have a wife and chick and kids or a husband and kids or a significant other or whatever that is. I need time away from work. And I think anybody who's doing 40, you know, at tops 50 hours, that's more than enough. And if you're not finding yourself getting enough output from that, then you really need to look at how you're working because you're probably not working real smart. And I don't mean that as an insult. It's an easy trap to fall into. It is. But it, it, I think sometimes it feels to people, the more hours they put in, the more productive they feel. Uh, certainly that is a trap that I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about the RV. How are you, how are you going to be working in the RV? Just driving hey, around you know, the country? Yeah, we're going to be here through January. Our kids come home. Um, we have two kids. We have four total. Uh, two are going to be able to come home for the holidays. And then with COVID, they've got these extended breaks from university. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be here in Colorado till uh, middle of January. And then we're going to hit the road. We're going to head south a little bit. We have uh, two kids in Tennessee, one in Mississippi. So we'll swing through there. Then we're going to go up the East Coast and uh, spend the uh, summer in the Adirondacks. But yeah, we, we're all, as a matter of fact, I was uh, at the Verizon store today getting our, our hotspot. We'll be able to connect anywhere we are and you know, the, the beauty of, and this is part of our life design, is we talk and type for a with our clients. Right. So we can be anywhere. And if I have to travel, when we get back to that uh, consistently, I'll always be near an airport. Absolutely. And if you come through Iowa, Marion, Iowa, feel free to stop by. Uh, you can spend uh, one to three nights in my driveway. That's uh, my invitation. Uh, I'll take you up on it. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend um, over the winter. But once the snow melts, it's pretty nice here. But who knows? Sure. We, we already had our well, you guys had your first snow as well. Um, yes. Carlos, this was a great discussion. Really appreciate you sharing your insights. And and we are running up against my uh, end of the day boundary here on a Friday. Haha. Um, I love I'm, it. I'm mostly kidding. But um, really appreciate your insights. The book is available on Amazon. The Un-American Dream, Finding Personal and Professional Happiness, Establishing Work-Life Balance of work-life boundaries. So make sure you check that out. The link is in the notes on all the different channels. Uh, And if you're listening on the podcast channels, it's in the notes as well. Carlos, thanks for sharing your insights. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy your, uh, the next year in an RV. I'm, I'm sure we will. And thanks for having me on Christoph. It was a pleasure. You bet. Thanks everyone for watching and uh, thanks everyone for listening until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.